All right, what has happened, everybody? We're back again, another episode, Off Track Experience. Uh, we've got a bit of a different one here. We've got someone that I actually went into a dance-off with a couple of weeks ago, or a week ago, a week or two ago. Anyway, we got along afterwards and we've uh, we've ended up becoming good friends and we've learned a bit about each other. And turns out she used to be a professional athlete for water polo in Australia. So we kind of related a lot to that with obviously my riding and everything and just a really open-minded good person to be around. So I thought, why not jump on the podcast? I'm trying to do more people that I guess don't have like a particular like story to tell, but are just all around a good person. So yeah, we got her on Chloe Para because apparently he's paralytic. Is that, is that right? <laughs> she's actually here for the intro. Normally I do intros by myself, but she's made it into this one, but yes, yeah, just all around good person. I think we, we view the world a very similar way and yeah, very positive. So we touched on that. We touched on people passing architecture and how that's a new kind of passion and yeah, just kind of being a good person and going through the world in a positive way and the effect that has back on you. So yeah. Do you have anything to say before we jump into the podcast? Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here you go, guys. All right, we're here with Chloe Para. Now, I find it funny that every time someone comes on the podcast, especially someone that I've talked to, because before I would want to do a podcast with someone, I've obviously talked to them beforehand and enjoy our conversation. And then as soon as you're like, let's do a podcast, everyone's like, what are we going to talk about? And you're like, do you think that when you come over before, like you meet up with someone? Absolutely. Talking points already sorted. Do you put talking points before you meet someone? Yeah. You have them in your head. Yeah. Okay. What are some of the talking points you think of before you come and hang out with me? Like, cause that's where you can start. There's something. Oh, definitely about your day. Like straight up. I want to know exactly what was the best moment of your day. Okay. How was your day yesterday? Yesterday? Yeah. Oh, yesterday was great. Okay. <laughs> Started off surf markets, then ended up at bounce and yeah. then. <laughs> Somehow ended up at bounce. <laughs> All roads lead to bounds. I feel like you can't have a bad, imagine having a bad day being at bounds. No, you can't. Imagine being like bouncing on a trampoline, like really upset and angry. angry. That should be a thing. If you're sad, go to bounds. Absolutely. Imagine, bounce it out. imagine seeing a trampoline just turn someone from sad to happy. Like how many bounces do you reckon before they'd have a smile? Like they'd be on like the third be a bounce. a really interesting study. <laughs> Science. Well, you know how they're like, um, microdosing like MDMA with like veterans and stuff to yeah. like, they should take those veterans that to, might, bounce. to bounce. Yeah. That's a hard combination to, you know, did you ever have siblings and like they'd get really angry at you and then you'd try, I you, know, do so, <laughs> you do something funny and then they like struggle to be mad at you. Well, they're like, they're really angry at you and you slowly crack them. Yeah. It's like this, like, and you see them start to smile, like they're like their lip trembles and you're like, ah, <laughs> ah, and you slowly get them. Me and my brother would fight all the time. And I remember he'd be really pissed off at me and I'd say like a joke or like do something I know he knew was going to be funny. And he'd just be like, have this like sour look on his face. And then I'd just be like in hysterics crying because I'm like, <laughs> you got him. I'm going to, I'm going to get you here. Oh, it was so good. Uh, I was never a shit stirrer. So I didn't really, didn't really oh, have that. Really? Phase. Yeah. No, I'd Why always not? just go it's outside. So fun. It's so fun. Are you older or younger sibling? I'm like middle. There's oh. like older sister than two younger brothers. Oh yeah. And like all wide apart. So it's. What's the age difference? 
sister's two years older than me and then brother is five years younger and then after him four years. True. So it's, yeah. It makes such a big difference where you are as a child in a family. It makes you, like, especially being, like, an older girl in a family, it Mm. makes you kind of semi-take a mum role as well. Yeah, well, you you lean more more towards leadership. Yeah. Like, I always joke about, like, if you want a proper, like, professional athlete as a child, like – have Let two them raise the rest of the well, children. I say have two kids and focus on the second, <laughs> which is like it sounds like kind of bad. Is that so your case? I'm I'm second child, yeah. yeah. But I know so many professional top athletes that are either only child or second. Like it's very, it's not mm. obviously not impossible, but it's rare that the first child because they become more of a leadership role. Yeah, but they don't. I guess because when you when you're obviously the second child, you're competing from the day you were born. That's so true. Actually, I'm second child too. Mm. And everything, yeah, yeah. Everything you ever did, you were never good enough at. Yeah. Like think about even like the family dynamic of just wanting to eat a certain food in the fridge and your, your sibling would be like, no, <laughs> that's mine. You have to fight for it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's so But true. it builds that re- resilience as like you as You always got to do something like extra. Yeah. Actually, You're, that's, yeah, probably where like my childhood eating habits came from. Well, just because you were just f- fending. <laughs> fending for everything. Even though like my sister wasn't like a ridiculous eater, I just would do things to be so stupid and do it next level. Like she'd have a Milo with like three scoops and I'd have six and like <laughs> that'll and I'd, show like, three her. on top. That'll yeah. show her. <laughs> <laughs> I live rent-free in your head, woman. <laughs> I just win. mad dogging her, mad dogging her, just looking at her, just like <laughs> I got you. <laughs> she's just scared as oh. Oh man. No, but it is a thing like you you definitely like how, how you grow up in that environment of like siblings and where you kind of fall in that is a massive factor in like how you're going to actually like go through life. Like that shapes you so much from just like the siblings that you have around you and whether you like you are the second, third or, or fourth. Cause do you feel your brothers, like what are they like? Are they, do you reckon they, are they competitive or do they kind of. The one after me, like he's very competitive and has just like, he was born very driven. Mm. Um, and so that kind of created like a really healthy competition between us because he kind of was then able to like look at how I was achieving and then want to do mm. a similar kind of level. Like it pushed him to be part of like the athletic world and really strive for better. Like even though it was like completely different sports, he was, yeah, still striving and like he's continued that in what's, like his learning path. What sport was he doing? He was doing football. And, and you are doing water and polo. running, yeah, and I was yeah. doing water polo. Yeah. But like he loved like the sense of like he'd come watch games like when – because like he was he was young and like would have to come and watch all my games and so he'd be on the sidelines. And I think just like the energy – The atmosphere that yeah, you'd be around, yeah, that would motivate you. It's addictive. You. It's really, really addictive because mm. it's like people are just cheering you on and because it's like such fast pace and it's like similar – kind of time, I guess, like a football game where mm. it's like people are on the sidelines. They're wanting, they're wanting the players mm. to be doing something. Mm. So it's, it's really engaging. And yeah. So, and him growing up in that environment and seeing you yeah. and obviously, and even like the accolades that come with like you doing well and seeing that yes. firsthand that like your parents would have been excited of you doing well, your yes. friends would have been excited. And then he's just like, Hey, I want something I like want that. that yeah. I want something yeah. like that. So how much younger is he? He's four years younger. He's five years, yeah. Five years, five young, years younger. Yeah, so yeah. it would have been right that like he's kind of getting into yeah. it when you're right. And like he kind of like grew up as like um, kind of like as if I was like kind of like his second like step-in mum sort of thing. Like me and my sister would like we'd like from the day he was born, like we'd hop in the cot with him and like feed him and like just chill out. So like he really was so close to us. So you're more like a mum role than a sister role. Kind of. Yeah. But like we've really developed into like that beautiful friendship role that it's like, we're so open with each other and Mm. created that really. Did you fight a lot? 
a little bit. I think the competition definitely like got between us at certain certain stages, yeah. but it's it's always remained really healthy. Is it? I'm just gonna close yeah. this door real quick because I can hear the cars. <laughs> I can hear the cars really. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Good ambient white noise. This is like the best thing ever. Having a dog on yeah. a podcast. Yeah, at the off track experience, we uh, really try and, <laughs> try, and, try, and, <laughs> try and cater for everyone. We try and cater for everyone. I provide puppies, <laughs> cold water, um, other things, lighting, plan. <laughs> Bananas. Bananas, yeah. No, um, what do we what do we not have though? Proper peanut butter. Yeah, no, not the right peanut butter. Yeah, not not oily enough. Yeah, no, you didn't. You need to turn it upside down. Literally, the trick is like as soon as you open a new peanut butter jar, turn it upside down so the oils mix. Run through. Don't you just stir it? No, no. Turning it upside down doesn't. What's wrong with stirring it? Doesn't really disperse the oil properly. But isn't it some? Oh, okay, I guess you. Are they good oils? <laughs> like are the oil? They're really good oils. It's peanut oil. It's like high protein. Is it? Yeah. Okay. But is it like, can you obviously get fat? Like it's quite fatty. It's fatty, but you need your good fats. Like that's where a lot of like your good hormones come into play. Mm. Um, Do you follow Dr. Mark Hyman at all? No, I do not. He's really, really good. um, Yeah, just like his little fun facts about like protein, nutrition and everything. But yeah, there's literally one yesterday about peanut butter. And the balance (laughs) of it all. Yeah. Did you notice, because we were talking before about – gluten in foods and like the Mm. reaction you get from it. And like, I never thought that I was gluten intolerant until I started to kind of like track my food more and have like a food diary and Mm. actually see the reaction of, I eat this, I feel like this, this happens to my body. And you can really like pinpoint what's making it. What was happening for you? What's that? What was happening to you? I get like these like red dots and stuff on my legs. It's like inflammation kind Mm. of thing. And just like, like not like not ingrowns, but just like no, they're like yeah, it's sim- kind of like that, but not really. But they're like happen on, and it's every time. Like if I eat bread or like just something like, like McDonald's, something like that, I just instantly get it. Like if it's like and it's like my body reaction. It's like I know. Still, you don't eat macas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a no brainer. But I think when it's just something like yeah, high in high in gluten or even mm. wheat and stuff, like my body just reacts poorly. Well, wheat is like a huge inflama- like inflammation food, mm. so it makes a lot of sense. And it's like psoriasis will show up, like where yeah, it's kind of like yeah, yeah that. But it's weird that it's like it's more just on my legs and like kind of on my arms, but not as bad. But it's just my, it seems to like be something I get with my leg. <laughs> I don't know why it's fucking. It's, it's yeah. probably because you actually like sweat a lot down in your legs as well. Like I feel like I sweat everywhere, like <laughs> especially up here. It seems like doesn't seem, but it's literally like the rest is. It's kind of good. Like if I got it on my face, I would be. I, I, Devastated. I probably would stop eating gluten a long time ago. But. <laughs> not the money maker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but do you find as well, it's it's so hard to not eat gluten. It's in everything. No like, way. I um I, I used to have like that total mentality. Mm. And then when I found that gluten was like really disturbing my lifestyle, my whole body. How so? Um, Like I would, like I found, like I'd stop training and then, so I probably wasn't like working as hard as I was and then I was just doing like full-time study and work. So the gluten was like sitting really stagnant um, and like I was just finding that like I'd eat like a pizza for dinner and then I'd have absolute indigestion and like I wouldn't be able to like sleep for hours. I'd have to like sit up and I couldn't like lay down otherwise I'd be like unable to breathe like really well. 
Really? Yeah. You shut your airways off. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and like my tummy, like I'd be full, like bent over in like cramps, sort of like mm. isolated. And it was like coming from, yeah, all these foods that I just, I didn't link together to be gluten mm. for a while. Um, and then I actually had like a um, bit of like inflammation in my body that I like noticed at one stage and like went to see like a doctor about it. Cause I was like, this is so uncomfortable. Like I was literally getting like full swelling in like my wrists and hands and like a bit of my ankles. Um, and they were like, Oh, we think you possibly have like rheumatoid arthritis. Um, did like all these blood tests and everything. And I, I was so blind at the time. Like I had no idea what was going on. Um, and the doctor was just like, here, here's medication. Like here, this will fix it. But there was so many other side effects to that, that like we were talking about before, like ulcers and everything. And it's like, they're giving you like tablets that were like high dosage for like cancer patients. Mm. Um, and it wasn't really fixing anything. And I kept asking, I was like, what about like diet? Like, like I've heard about like anti-inflammatory diet. Like mm. what about that? And he's like, oh, look, I mean, it doesn't really do that much, um, which like I understand that there's place for medicine where it needs to be, but this probably was something that needed to be addressed holistically first mm. um, and diet was a huge one. And it's like diet and lifestyle were really where I repaired myself and kind of got back to it and, yeah, cut out all gluten, um, cut out all gluten and dairy straight away. Did you do a food diary like have you done something like that to kind of pinpoint what the like what the issue was or what you thought the biggest problem I think I just realized you just knew I just knew yeah. like I like cuz I came from like a huge sporting background mm. and like eating ridiculous amounts of gluten in a day to mm. keep my body like fueled mm. and I continued to eat like that and what was the biggest like what was the biggest I guess food or food group you ate that had gluten in it <laughs> Probably a lot of pizza and pasta. <laughs> <laughs> I, like so I was like feeling myself as an athlete, just heaps of pizza. I get the pasta thing, like pasta is super common. Yeah, and it's like it. pasta, like you'll have like chorizo pesto pasta sort of thing with like all the like peas and corn through it and mm. chorizo and then it's like good fats through like that and like a bit of protein through the meat and whatnot and like steak sandwiches and yeah, <laughs> yeah hot girl food. <laughs> um but I know like when you are training like so heavily, it's like you kind of just, you just, you, you, you are focused on what you put into your body, but yeah. at a certain point as well, you just need, want to like try and load up with stuff because yeah. you're so run down from just exerting mm -hmm. yourself constantly. But cause that's one thing I've noticed where like when I cut out meat, it's like, all right, well I need to make up for that. Like all the proteins Protein. and stuff that I'm losing now and like with beans and nuts and all these other things. Mm -hmm. But like, it's almost like you're putting, someone compared it to like you put a steak or eat a steak or something. It's like you're putting a, a like a, a log on like just say redwood log on a fire yeah. and it's going to have this like slow burn. You kind of feel sluggish where like you put all these other like nuts and beans and it'll other, fill it back up, you, but it's a more like kindling. So it's yeah. going to burn a lot quicker. So you need to constantly keep yeah. being fueled. You got to constantly keep eating. How have you made that switch? Like what do you now do for protein instead? I eat like a lot of beans, a yeah. lot of beans, nuts. Um, and I legumes are apparently yeah. really high, high yeah. in protein. I eat them as well. Um, what else? Obviously, protein, just like powder, mm. like, in, like in that form, and like shakes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what else did I have? Yeah, it's mainly just not. I try and like if like I try and make stuff that's kind of like fake meat. Like I do the mushroom, <laughs> mushroom, walnut, like mint stuff. Yeah. With like um onion and um paprika and stuff like that, mm. and you like food process it. And then you cook it and it honestly like comes out looking like mince. And I, I've, I've, Are you I've, trying to drink yourself? Kind of, but like it's, it's nice. Like I go to Byron and they do this um, fake bacon. Yeah. And it 
tastes like bacon. It feels like they bacon. They do like the maple one as well. It looks like, yeah. And I look at this and I was like, this is bacon. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like your body is like, when I eat bacon normally, it's like, it tastes so good, it's, but it's so oily and like greasy. Mm. And then afterwards, it's just like, my body's like, why did you do yeah. that? It's like, there's like. You eat so much of it too. Mm. It just smells so good. Yeah. Like when you have like a bacon and egg sandwich on like really white bread and it's yeah. just like, this is so good. Like and then Turkish ar- roll. Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, are you like, what have I done? Where when I eat, healthy food it's like your body's like thank you like yeah. and you get like the after like it's just you keep feeling good where i think yeah. the whole eating bad it's just that quick hit of what's well, funny you were saying before about how you like mix in like turmeric and like the other spices to yeah. it like that's actually like where you get like a lot of activation with um with like um ground foods as well mm. it's like once you like if you put like citrus with meat like that's when it activates it and makes it so full potential and it's like with turmeric like if you put that with like black pepper like that activates the curcumin in it mm. and so that then like massively like increases like the anti-inflammation side of it yeah it's like really like knowing how to pair the foods mm. um yeah cultivates it was this that. something you learned when you were being an athlete or was something you've learned after no this is something i learned after like the nutrition that i went like that i stuck with well training and playing um it was very much just kind of like eat what you need to mm. um just like meat three veg sort of mm, nutrition just basic really basic um and like i mean it was getting us through because like we were we were doing weights all the time so it was like it was helping put on a lot of body mass and like i was <laughs> becoming a big strong girl and <laughs> and so that was working and so yeah. there was no problem with it and like i was definitely going through slumps like i would hit a point in the day and i was just telling myself it's just because i'm training like 3 4 times a day and like i'd go to i'd have like swimming in the morning then i'd go to like to either uni or to work and i would by midday like i'd have my lunch and then i would literally fall asleep like there were stages that I would actually fall asleep like at my desk, um, which was really concerning, but I'd tell people in it they wouldn't think much of it because then I'd get to training that afternoon and yeah. I'd have like six hours worth of training and I was fine. Yeah. And so it didn't affect them yeah. because my training was fine, um, but it was affecting me because it was perfecting, it, it was yeah, affecting my performance outside of my mm. sport. Um, was the amount as well a factor, do you think, or were you eating – the amount of food. Like the amount of food you were Absolutely. eating. Absolutely. No, but Absolutely. like were you eating, like not eating enough possibly or was it? I think I was eating too much. Oh, and I okay. was eating food that was directed at just like classic, like put on weight, keep training hard, um, mm. sort of, yeah, build muscle. Mm. Um, and like if there's a bit of fat as well, doesn't matter. Like it mm. wasn't as if it was like refined, mm. chiseled sort of bodies that we were building. Like we were building bodies to like thrash people around in the water. Well, I was going to say, cause we haven't touched it, but you're, you were doing water polo. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the kind of body type of water polo <laughs> would be because it's like. Normally a head taller than me. <laughs> so obviously tall. Yeah. And then. Talls, lean. Oh, you don't even have to be lean. Like there's, it's just as long as like in the water, you can hold yourself. Mm. Um, like, Yeah. Being confident with being in the water and manoeuvring yourself and being able to push somebody else. Mm. It's like a lot of physical. Because you want ex- explosive strength. Absolutely. Because you like want to like push fast out. Fast twitch fiber. Yeah. 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 Like it's because you, you're on your legs the whole time. Like you're doing egg beater. Yeah. Which is like your legs like continually rotating. So yeah. it's like you're doing that when you're at rest. Mm. But then when you're like trying to like wrestle against somebody, 
um, like typically like you're able to kind of like get out to your waist for a few seconds. Mm. Um, so it's like really explosive, but then like you're also using your arms as well. Mm. So it was like, it's full body movement. Like it's, it's yeah, a lot of, a lot of. Movement. And you were saying it's quite like, it's quite hectic, isn't it? Like being in, <laughs> in a waterfall. Cause I've never, I've, I've done it when I was at school and I didn't really, like no one really cared that much. Like no one's trying to like really drown you or take it too seriously. But yeah. I can imagine like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get seen that's going on <laughs> under the water there that you're like, You've got to deal with because yeah, you said it was YouTube. Big, yeah you, th- you said it was pretty cutthroat really like how yeah. people would act and like you got people trying to drown you and you said you got into an altercation with a girl once <laughs> yeah <laughs> how, what happened there uh yeah that was a fun game um we were playing Japan and before we get into because like what to what level did you actually get to and play at because you said you weren't far off going to the Olympics with this yeah so I was like playing for Australia for uh, like quite a few years yeah. um yeah so. It was a lot of training camps, a lot of, yeah, a lot of training. <laughs> it was really good fun. Uh, so I got, yeah, I was really lucky. Um, I got to compete at like a really high level. Um, and yeah, that like my enthusiasm for challenging myself was just rewarded through that. Um, and this one game in particular, like we were versing Japan and this one girl and I, we were on each other the whole game. And it was really funny at first actually because like the, the team came out and I had, I'd con- like, I was the shortest in my team by like almost a full head. Like it was really? literally like in the lineup, it's like everybody, me, and then everybody <laughs> else. And then Japan came out and I was tall compared to them. Like they were oh, really? all like my height or a little bit shorter, yeah. which they all just were like, oh my God, like here, Chloe, like we've got your team for you. Like this is where you're meant to be. Yeah. Um, you swap sides all the yeah. time. All right, I'll go over there. <laughs> exactly. I get it. I get it. I can read the room. Fine. <laughs> I'll change team. But it was really cool because they were such strong fighters. Like they mm. were absolutely like underguns, like everybody like, yeah, just thought they're small, like whatever. And like a few coaches had always continually been like, Chloe, this is why you're not making this team. Like, unfortunately you're just not tall enough. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, this is one thing that I can't change. So like, I'm just going to keep proving myself. Um, but yeah, so did we you, were, did you use that as like a bit of fuel? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like when t- somebody tells me that I'm not good enough because of like one reason, I'm going to show yeah. them that I am. Like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a saying that I, um, it's like, tell me I can and I'll try. Tell me I can't and I will. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like that mentality. It's like that kind of Do you of do like, the same? Yeah. It's like this dog in you. It's like, I remember being at a race once and there was like a, a marshal on the side of the track mm. and I was looking at this line and he's like, oh, no one's doing that. Like that, like kind of like, yeah. He, like I don't, he, I don't think he knew the level of where I was at. Like at this, at the time I was one of like the best guys racing this series. Yeah. But he was just like, oh, no one's doing that. Like that don't like kind of like said it couldn't be done. And <laughs> so like, automatically you're like, automatically, I yeah. <laughs> I was like kind of thinking about doing it. As soon as he said that, I was like, watch Dumb. this kind of thing. And I did yeah. it. And it was just like, he was like, oh shit. Like, kind of thing. <laughs> but it's that mentality. It's like mm. as much as you want to have friends and stuff to like support you, if someone's mm. like doubts you, you're like. But it's not even like proving somebody wrong either. Like it's just like it becomes it's a challenge yourself. within. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like that's where like the sense of fulfillment comes from. Like it's, mm. yeah, it's reaching. Because I think best. it's like that's a – conversation we always have with ourselves like Mm. oh you can't do that but then when someone verbalizes it outside of you Mm. it's almost like a microphone to your own thoughts yeah it gets put back into you so yeah it is for yourself but it's like they've put it out there like I've got actually got got it from um Ned Brockman he's got like a he did a thing where he'd write on the wall people that doubted him or like had said he couldn't do something and he'd write their names on the wall or write something they said on the like their wall and I've got a thing now where I start writing down things 
of people that I guess, not I want to prove wrong, but they have like kind of done something that have been like put me down or like not seen the full potential that I could do. And then it's even like to the point where it's like friends and stuff and like people on like their team and stuff, they're kind of like, they'll say stuff that's like not, they're not trying to be negative or anything, but it's like you kind of take it as like, all right, well, I better get my shit together and and do it properly now. Well, that's like how like I'll have like a list in my phone of like when I notice that I'm struggling at something, I'll automatically just write it down and that'll kind of become something that I know I want to work on. And then it's rather than like subconsciously just sitting there, you physically have written it down so then you've committed to it. Mm. As Yeah. So it's like – you know, Writing when somebody will be a, like holding yourself accountable, it's like mm, having like a gym buddy. Mm, it's like showing up um, like to somebody to yourself, else. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's like, it's so like, I need to do it more. And I always, it's one mm. of those things. It's like, you need to get up early, need to stretch, need to write more. It's mm. like something that you know you should, but you, or I personally don't do as much as I, I could. <laughs> but I was like, I was writing the other day and I was just like, I wrote, like wrote something and then it, it was like, oh shit. Like what? Like it, it was almost like, I obviously that was in my head because I, mm. I put it on paper, but until you see it, yeah. you're like, why? Like, why do I think like that? Or why do I, it, that's how <laughs> I am as a person, but you need it. You need to see it or hear it or feel it to, to yeah. actually do something about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's literally, that's why like the altercation. Um, yeah. So we'll go back to, we're back, we're, we're back in the <laughs> well, it's pool. It's just like people had been like, cause I had been talked about that. I was so like short and that's why I wasn't like doing the best. I literally had been told that like, I couldn't handle like the biggest people sort of thing. And mm. I always made it my mission to be on like the biggest person on the other team mm. and show that even though I was the smallest, I could handle them and mm. I could actually like work my way around and get around them, score goals. Yeah. And so this one girl that I was on, she was like the the biggest built girl in the Japanese team yeah. and we were on each other the whole game. <laughs> and I was like, this is my fucking do you, mission. Do you normally swap out or do you normally change? Or are you pretty- Depends on the game. Yeah. Like depends. Like normally if you're like – if you're playing really well and if you're playing on somebody, then the coach just leaves you in. And it's like, if you need a refresh, like then you'll hop in. Mm. But because I think like we'd been distracting each other the whole game and like, we were still able to like participate. Like it was actually like making for a really interesting game. Mm. Um, like we were still able to like get around each other, do really cool moves and like, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so we've been on each other and it was just getting really feisty. And like, she was really going for places that just weren't, comfortable <laughs> like the togs the togs sit really really high yeah um and like they sit really tight like it's like a cat suit I don't know if you've ever seen it before it's no, like no. like it's like high high necks oh, actually you know yeah, yeah, and yeah like zip up at the back yeah. and it's like you want to wear it tight so that it's like hard to kind of like get Grab fingers it. into yeah um because it's like as soon as you're on somebody like like you'll be holding each other's shoulders and then you kind of like, you automatically just like scoop your fingers underneath the togs to like, to hold onto them. So you can kind of turn like just a little, a little head dunk sort of thing. And like when you're in a gi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just on land. (laughs) Um, But then it's like when it gets more aggressive, that's when you go down lower. Mm. And so we'd kind of been like doing a lot of that and she'd been kind of like just touching and like holding and pinching, grabbing, twisting. Mm. And, it just got to the point that we were kind of like underwater fighting with each other a bit too much that it was distracting from the game. Yeah. And there was like few turnovers of the ball and then she, like we we did a turnover and she kicked me in the face and it fractured my jaw. And then I retaliated, turned back and got her ribs. <laughs> with what? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you like got her ribs. Like- I just accidentally slipped a fist. <laughs> 
might have accidentally was punched it. Like, <laughs> is that common though to like get in like a kind of scrap like that in the water or is this kind of like a rare example? <sighs> like certain certain teams sometimes, but it's like mm. you try and keep it as clean as possible because it's like mm. like there's actually really fun games where you can be sitting slightly off each other where it's just a really light shoulder touch yeah. and that's almost really a delicate, lovely way to play because then it's like you're actually focusing on the ways that you've set up plays in trainings mm. um, and it's, yeah, it allows it to flow and then when it's like getting bogged down like that, it takes away from mm. what the game is about. You're like, just scrapping. You're not actually just playing. Yeah. 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 But And so that was one of you. Who ended up winning the game? Uh, we did. <laughs> <laughs> by much? Uh, we like won a- by one. Oh. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> but you got, um, you said after the, the punch you got kicked off. Yeah, we both got kicked out. <laughs> we both got red, yeah, red cards. <laughs> I think that's the only red card I've ever been given, like, really? not from kickouts. Yeah. Really? Like, there's been times that, like, I'll be kicked out, like, three times. Because, like, I'll, like, I work in, like, yeah, I used to be in, like, centre forward, outside shooter, driver position, which is, like, a lot of it. And so it's, like, a lot of the time you're turning people and then they're on your back and then they'll do the same to you. Mm. And so it's, like, as soon as somebody's on top of you, that's usually, like, when somebody's kicked out. Mm. But, yeah. Because you're kind of, like, dunking people at that yeah. point. Yeah. Have you ever had any moments where it kind of went too far and you kind of thought, like, you've been held down for too long or A something? little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's one game in particular, actually. Um, and we were playing at an indoor pool as well. Um this is over in WA and it was, yeah, the final game. It was like final few minutes and I didn't really realise how bad, like I had like a little bit of like asthma at the time, but like indoor pools really like bring it on. Mm. And at that stage, like I had been like held under and then so we got given like a penalty shot, which is like five metre, which is like somebody will sit in front of the goals and it's literally just you, the goalie, you're sitting on the five metre and as soon as a ref blows the whistle, you sit up and you shoot. Mm. Um, and, like, I just remember, like, somebody, like, held me under. Like, I was really quite, like, petrified, but yeah. I was fighting, fighting, came up, saw that they'd given us a penalty and, like, I was sitting there ready to take it mm. and I was just struggling, like, struggling. And I, I just thought it was just because, like, altercation, like, it was just a little bit of, like, release of energy like a bit of adrenaline but I was so ready to go and that was when the ref just like stopped the game and they were like you're not okay like you're not breathing like like you actually are quite like yeah you're unable to breathe and Mm. like that's the only time I've ever really like seen that happen Mm. um yeah either like that or like punch-ups like that's when it stops the game have you had any other moments because obviously you surf a lot now as well where like you've been like held down because I like I oh, hell yeah <laughs> yeah but like if you had a point where you're almost like you get to that point where you're like this might not you're like this is stupid like not even this is stupid like you're like I could die like I have you ever felt to that point because I've only I've had that once as a kid I was yeah. like going down these rock pools with like little waterfalls yeah and I went over one and it's like you know when you go over a waterfall it kind of churns the water yeah so I got churned down and then it just churned and just kept I got stuck getting oh, churned wow. and I was a kid like I probably would have been 12 13 yeah and like I just remember being in it like I'm going to like because you just you, you're like it just it puts you so out of whack as well because you're spinning as well because you're like yeah. obviously in the whitewash going up and down and I just remembered yeah like I was like I'm going to die. That's nice. And then I got spat out and then it was like. How did you feel after that? Shaken. Yeah. Like really shaken. Like yeah I, it's not often you actually think you're going to die. Not only think you're going to die but had the real possibility of mm. dying. Like kids drown all the time. It's yeah. a real common thing and. Like obviously you don't. We were confident swimmer. 
Yeah, no, I was confident enough, but it was like one of those things where like the swimming didn't matter. It was just because I was so disorientated because it was like I was getting pushed under by the waterfall and then getting spun around. Like it was like trying to get up as well. Trying to get up, but then you're like, I'm upside down. So like, where's up kind yeah. of thing. But it was like, I was disorientated. With my, mm, I was with my brother and my friend, but that's the only time that I've really thought like, oh, this. And this I've, I've had a couple of times surfing where like I've been dunked and held down. And, but even then, you kind of, I feel like you're a bit more aware. Like sometimes you'd be like, all right, this is enough. But I never like, Never really feel like I'm going to die, but that that point was like, okay, this could all be over. But I was wondering if you've had that. Obviously, you had that time with water polo, and then you've had it with surfing as well. Yeah, like there's um, like the other weekend we had like the cyclone swell, um, mm. and I got out for that, and I knew that the board that I was on was pretty silly um, for <laughs> for the surf. Like it was a short little board. It was like kill fin like glassed in like little fish and I definitely should have been on like something a little bit bigger yeah. um and like it like it's it was like heavy leaders so like duck diving was already really hard so I was mm. exerting a lot of effort to like get under the waves um and I kind of like I got swept down like further down the beach than I wanted to go and I was like getting really heavy down at Kira mm. um and there was ugh, like just getting out like because I had to like watch the waves and like duck dive and then turn around to try and get back in at the same time. Like that was pretty scary. Mm. Um, but I think from a really early age, I've been really comfortable with that sense of breathing, mm. um, like unintentionally like practiced um, like breath work. Um, like you, like oh, how do you mean unintentionally? Uh, like just the self challenge, like the mental challenge of like being in the pool by myself as a kid being like, how many backflips can I do? Like before I like feel like I'm going to pass out. Really? <laughs> yeah. And was that just more of like a, for fun, not for an Yeah, end, for fun. And so it's just like, I was doing like nine backflips, like underwater without breathing and like unconsciously because it's like your neck, like in the backflip position, your neck is like hyperextended, which mm. like cuts off oxygen from your brain. Um, cause like I've been, like, I've been doing like a little bit of like the, like free diving, um, mm. stuff at the moment, um, which has been really interesting to learn the whole, um, breathing cycle of the body and like how, like literally just having your neck down in like that position, mm. like where it's streamlined allows like the oxygen to go to the brain, which then like allows your organs to then like proceed and then like have, um, ability to use muscles because it's like, if you like constrict that, um, like your muscles will feel lactic acid like a lot quicker mm. and because it's like restricting on your lungs as well. Um, mm. But yeah, so like when I was like young in the pool, like just doing that I think really got me over the fear of like if I'm being held under, I know that I'll you be okay. You know you could be okay. You put yeah. yourself in that situation. And it's almost like coming to like a peace with it that it's like this is my environment, like this is where I love and I know that like I'll trust myself in here. Yeah. Um, here we go. I'm actually in. I'm in. I'm in. He's in. <laughs> We're doing it. All right. So listen to that, listeners out there, because this is only put into our podcast anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it going. But yeah, the dog coming up, <laughs> coming up, coming soon. Because <laughs> I want to keep the off-track experiences like the broad. Mm. Po- that's the podcast. It's like your little bits. But then it's like bits within that. Yeah. Because I've got um, I'm doing a thing with a friend of mine that races World Cups. And it's called Toad In. Because his na- his name's Eddie Masters, but he's bald, and everyone calls him Toe Ball. <laughs> so like Toad in is like I'm getting Toad in with him. Yeah. yeah, it's like a it's like a reference when you like hit a jump or do something for the first time, you get Toad in. So why do you get Toad in? It's like they follow you in. So it's oh. like you're the trailer on like a car, so you're getting Toad. What they pull you while you're on your bike? No, no, no. But like it's 
like the whole thing is oh, like okay. you're behind them coming okay. in. So it's like you can check speed and like stuff like that. So the whole idea is like they tow you into a jump so you know how fast to go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you towed in. But that's like that's a thing we started at the last race this year. Yeah. And it got like a good reaction. It's something I want to keep doing next year. Little so, segments. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have the doghouse towed in. <laughs> I don't even know what else. I want to do like um, – Podcast, just me talking as well. Like okay. I want to try and just do like kind of motivational stuff of like things I've learned because I think they're good as well. That's what would be you like your first one on that? I've done a few already. Well, what would you talk about tomorrow then? What I really want to talk about, and I talked about this with um, Cooper Chapman, and it's like the story we tell ourselves of why we can't achieve something and how it's just bullshit and like kind of like you're not your thoughts, but you can control because it's like I – and I, I talked about this in the last one and I'd probably, I want to go more in depth into this, but it's just like, think of the thing that you really want to achieve, like mm. your goal, dream, aspiration, something that you see that is like so attractive and so just so shiny and bright and you just want to be a part of that. Yeah. And then list or say out loud or write down, then say out loud, like write them down and then read them back. The things that you have told yourself why you can't achieve that thing. And just whether it be, I don't have the time. I don't have the resources. I don't like people don't believe in me. I'm overweight. I'm all these things. Yeah. And then like write them all down and then say it and just mm. realize like how like shit that is kind of thing. It's, it's like, like where we almost have to like rewrite our internal narratives. Yeah. Because it's like you're living your reality and it's like if you aren't willing to like make changes to it, then mm. you're not going to actually achieve what you want to achieve. Mm. Oh, what do you want to achieve? Because I used to always tell myself like, I'm I'm not good at remembering names. Yeah. So how am I going to get better at remembering names if that's something I tell myself all the time? Because it's like almost like I'm allowing myself to not be good at names because it's like, oh, I'm just really good. You're at excusing stuff. yourself. Yeah, excusing myself. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm, and then because you keep saying it, it's just mm. like that becomes your reality. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like you start saying like, oh, I'm pretty good at remembering names. Oh, I'm getting better at remembering yeah. names or like. Self-encouragement towards it too. Like when you're consciously practicing something mm. and allowing yourself to have – like a little bit of sympathy towards yourself. Like when you, like when it's not going exactly to plan, mm. like if you're trying to remember names and you forget somebody's like being able to like come up with like a, like a reason to tell somebody, just be like, Oh, like I'm really, really trying here. Yeah. Then it, it, it allows other people to like have empathy towards that situation too, mm. which then, yeah. Assists with like, I don't know, the encouragement overall. Well, be of, your best friend. Yeah. Be your best friend. Like think yeah. about how you treat your best friend mm. and then start treating yourself like that. Like, oh, like buy, buy yourself flowers, like look after yourself, like <laughs> tell yourself nice things. Like this whole idea, it's like, oh, you love yourself. I'm like, yeah, I love myself because mm. I like, I love what you I- don't love yourself, who will love you? Exactly. It's like, I love the person I've created. I love who I've put myself around. Yeah. And then I think once you love yourself, it's like, then you start to love others. And then, because have you heard the whole like we, I, we all concept? Yeah. That's why he was looking. How did he know, <laughs> how did he know you were home? That's him. Did you have a point where you're like, okay, this is. This <laughs> no, I tried it like when I was young and mm. then tried it again. Like I love the taste and the smell. It's, it's a really mm. beautiful process. The smell is almost worse. Oh. Like, well, not worse, but better. Like mm. it's always like more addictive than the taste. Absolutely. Like fresh beans. Mm. That is just stunning. And the process. Yeah. And the process of it. Um, but yeah, no, just shaky, like straight away, like doesn't sit with my system. Like my nervous system just goes to overdrive. Really? Mm. Yeah. See, I don't know if it's. I don't get a whole lot from like energy drinks or coffee. Like caffeine doesn't like I, I it'll keep me awake. Yeah. But I'm not like I don't drink it. I'm not like, 
oh shit, like I'm buzzing. Yeah. Like even honestly, if I had, I've had like two, three coffees, pretty quick succession sometimes. I don't even know why, but I think <laughs> someone, taste. I think I'll have one and then someone's like, do you want a coffee? I'm like, oh, okay, I want a coffee. And then some, <laughs> and I won't feel anything. Not like I won't get shakes. I won't feel like more energized. Wow. Nothing. Yeah. Even, it was this- one time that I went home, like I went out like with some friends, had some mm. drinks, went home and I had four espresso martinis. And I was like, at this stage, I didn't know what was going on with my body, but I was like, I am so amped. Like, mm. have I been spiked or something? And I was like laying in bed, like feeling my heart rate. And I was like, I've had coffee. Yeah. I've had this much coffee, like four coffees. And my heart rate is just through the roof. Mm. So it's not good. Didn't sleep. It feel, I've, did not sleep. I had me and my friend were at a, um, a launch party when we rode for a team mm. and they just were giving out free Red Bull vodkas. Oh. And I just remember like, again, I didn't feel like super antsy, but we mm. laid in bed and you just like, oh my God, like I feel like I'm like my eyes are going to pop out of my head. <laughs> like you feel, it feels terrible. Not your best friend. No. no. Coming back to, have you ever been spiked before? I have. Yeah. How was, how was that? Um, it was lucky I ended up in an ambulance, so I was taken care of pretty quickly, but. Did, did. Because like, I couldn't imagine the feeling of going into that, but having no idea why. Yeah. Well, I mean, like growing up, like in such like a sporting background, like I was very like, like even like early days, like end of high school, I didn't drink, like I didn't drink till I finished school. Um, and like drugs were like a really foreign concept for me. Mm. Um, like I knew about doping and everything, like we'd been taught about all that, like, it, like, at our like QAS sessions and everything. Mm. Um, but just like the concept of taking drugs, I didn't understand. Um, and like, so going out, it was like one of like my first times going out um, that it happened actually. And so like alcohol was still pretty new to me. So like a few drinks would get me so like head over mm. heels sort of thing. Like that's all I needed. And um, so it was a really scary experience. Like I, I really didn't know what was going on with my body. And Cambo, can you shut that door? That's all right. Did you shut that one? Yeah, you weren't you weren't sure what was going on. Yeah, I wasn't sure sure what's going on. Like normally, like so in control of my body and like knowing my limbs, knowing my head, knowing everything. Like mm. just having that lack of control felt weird. Have you ever been spiked? No, I haven't actually. Oh, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I have. Yeah, but I know like people that have, and I've, my girl, my girlfriend actually got spiked when I was overseas once, mm. um, and I. Like, you know, when you just, I thought she was just drunk, mm. but then like complete, like lo- loss, of just mem- like lose loss of memory and yeah. Cause she was there. Um, and it's so common as well, obviously more so for girls than for guys. Yeah. But yeah, seeing like the deterioration, how quick it came and then mm. like the not like lack of memory and like even just, uh, yeah. It was you become like a shell of a human. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. goes, but it's, it seems like even when I was out the other day, yeah. Like a girl was like, oh, can you watch my drink for me? So like, and I was like, it's not a thought process <laughs> like that was well, not a thought process yeah. that I have that someone would do that. But then it's like, oh, that's obviously super common that w- it would happen. Yep. Yeah. Often it's like, you'll try and finish your drink so that mm. it's not just sitting around or if you, if it's been sitting there and you don't know who's been around, you just leave it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's never been a thought process for me. Lucky. That's the thing. That's I'm really lucky. That's the thing <laughs> I've been trying to like, I, I get become more empathetic and more understanding of other people's situations. Like for example, my ex-girlfriend always wanted a Rottweiler as a dog. Mm. And I was kind of like, why do you want such a big aggressive dog? Even though I know, I'm not going to say aggressive because. Not aggressive, but something like a, it's a protecting figure. Like that's they're, a, they're yeah, well, that's really, what yeah, I, I, I dug into it a bit more and I was like, why do you want this dog? And I'm like, obviously dogs are aggressive. If you make them aggressive, all yeah. dogs are 
like they, they can be sweet if they want to be sweet. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, she, yeah, I kind of dug into it a bit. I was like, why do you want this big dog? And yeah. then I kind of like pried a little bit and she's like, oh, I just feel safe. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's like a protection thing that you want. Cause she had one in the past and she's like, I just always felt really safe. And I'm like, I've never looked at it that way. Cause I've never felt unsafe anywhere. Yeah. But if you're a small, like 50 kilo girl, that's by herself, like a rot wheel is going to be like your best friend. Yeah. Well, that's when I was growing up, like I was doing all the training and everything. And so like I was training like, like 34 hours a week minimum sort of thing. Mm. But even then like growing pains really got me. Like my legs were always itchy. Like I all, like I'd go to bed and like I would need sleep because I'd have about six hour window for sleep, Mm. but I would still wake up during the night feeling like I needed to do something. Like my legs would just be so frustrated. Mm. And so I'd, go take myself for a run at like 2, 3 a.m. And like at the time, like we had a Groodle and she was like quite a beautiful like princess sort of dog sort of mm. thing. So I wouldn't take her with me. So it was just me running through my neighbourhood. And I'm, I live, I grew up in a really lovely neighbourhood where I shouldn't be worried, but I always remember being slightly on edge and really worried about like what was going to happen. Mm. And it's just like, it's at least moments like that, that you're just like, oh, like I shouldn't have to like wait. We live yeah. in such an incredible country and yet stuff still happens. Yeah. And still concerned about yeah. that. It's like, there's, it just takes one person to like put a tablet or something in a drink or like mm. drop of something or like just guys on like a night out coming home to just see somebody like going for like a stroll through the streets, like when they just need to like recollect their thoughts or stretch their body mm. and it ruins their life. I literally saw this thing on Instagram the other day. There was this, um, this model, she was driving on like a scooter, like through, uh, I think Mumbai. And she started like recording herself live because she was being catcalled in the street. Mm. And, um, like these people, like they came up to her and they like, they literally started kissing her on the face. And she was like, can you please leave me alone? Like, like I'm recording this. And, Mm. It so happened that like some random, like she's got a large following. So some other guy in the street was watching her live Mm. and came over and was like, can you leave her alone? Like, Mm. I've just seen your live. Like I've seen that, like, you're not wanting these guys Mm. with you. And it's like, it's somebody that's like that famous, like Mm. just because you're a beautiful female, like just to be able to be latched onto is not okay. Like Mm. their masculine energy just tells them that they want that so they can have it. Mm. Yeah. That was a bit of a tangent. No, no, but I'm, (laughs) Trying to unpack that as well because that's crazy. The fact that someone saw that yeah. live, like that shows you how connected everyone is in that sense as well, which is scary and scary. Yeah, <laughs> scary, scary. yeah like, like sc- in the same street. Watch, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that's so true. Like scary the reaction, mm. but like scary that the guys obviously mm. did that, but then scary that being live and then someone saw you being live. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's very Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a I was at a festival the other day and all everyone was filming like the rapper mm. and then I got my phone out and just started filming the people's screens <laughs> filming the rapper and it's like this inception thing of like where are you and who's you're living w- through other people's well I was gonna I'm gonna post it at some point and be like yeah. whose world are you living in kind of thing because it's just like someone could have been behind me from it's just like yeah. that, that filming you filming somebody yeah else. exactly yeah. it's like who are you watching like yeah. it, it was just because I always find it funny when people film like and. At, like at a, at a festival or something. Cause I'm like, oh, it's like, I'm when like, are you going to go back and watch that? Yeah, like exactly. just enjoy the yeah. moment. Be it's, there. Just, it's just a flex. Yeah. It's a flex on like, look where I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm having more fun than you are wherever you are. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're not even sharing like good quality, like live music. Like, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. It. It's awful. 
Yeah. Yeah, but everyone's gonna tap on it anyway. Like <laughs> they're gonna swipe past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. I guess yeah. Sometimes it's good because then someone will be like, "Oh, you're there. I'm there." And then yeah. You're there. So I get that. There's like well, it kind of comes back to connection in some weird roundabouts <laughs> way. But um, going back and seeing that we're on the kind of festival thing here, we're talking about like getting spiked and drug use and stuff. Mm. Did you feel like growing up being an athlete, you were kind of that took the focus and you didn't kind of go down that path of partying and like getting into drugs and that kind of like the, the goal of becoming a better athlete was the thing that kind of kept you on the straight and narrow. Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like I, I remember, um, like girls showing up to like one of our really important trainings, um, one morning and like they'd been to like a party the night before and like they showed up and like they'd smell like cigarettes, smell like alcohol, like they're a bit all over the place. Uh, this is probably like when I was like grade 11, I was like 16 ish, still like in like imp- very impressionable sort of time in your life mm. um, that you're like, you're looking for like the right role models and whatnot. And so like they showed up and they thought they were quite funny. And I just remember our coach telling them like, get outside. Mm. And then we all had to hop in and start like our warm up training. And all of us just started hearing our coach just screaming at them, mm. like saying how out of line it was. And that really reinforced to me that I was like, okay, no, I am, I am doing the right thing. I am on the right path. Like, like focusing on this is the right thing to do. Like, mm. yeah, I don't know. Pretty like goody two shoes sort of thing, I guess in some mm. way, but it also really has like kept me driving to like where I want to be. And then I did have like a accident that like kept me out of the water for a while um, and so I think that's when I started to discover life outside of sport, which was really quite incredible. Um, cause I was trying to balance, um, like full-time sport, full-time uni and work as well. And mm. also figuring out how to have a social life, like out after school. Mm. Um, so that was yeah a really interesting time. And so having those few months out of the water, like I was still in the water, but not training as much. Cause like, mm. like I couldn't put my hand underwater. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it kind of, yeah, showed me the life after sport. And that's when I did start to socialize, did start to go to parties, festivals mm. and everything. And I'm really glad that it took me that little bit longer of time because I have friends, like some of my best friends, like they were partying from when they were about like 14 years old and like they were partying hard, like, mm drugs from like an early age, like Mm. intimate relationships from a very early age, like when you still don't know yourself, like you're still growing up and they, like they all kind of came to me and they're like, I actually really am so jealous that Mm. you're getting to discover this now. Like Mm. you're in such a headspace that like you're understanding the world in such a different manner. Like it's Mm. more naive. It's, it's still really playful and they'd kind of had that playtime early on and then become adults really quickly. Mm. Um, yeah. What about you? I, get, I, I was a similar, I was a similar path, but it was kind of good because my parents were not like super again, like they weren't like, no, you can't do this or no, you can't yeah. do that. They kind of, I guess, educated me more on, on what was out there. And like, even with them, like when I was um, like, I think I first like drank alcohol when I was probably like 16 or something yeah. like, like, and that wasn't, that wasn't under their supervision or anything like that. Like I got a friend to buy me stuff, but like <laughs> they weren't, they can't like, they kind of knew, yeah. but they weren't like angry but- about it. Like they were just kind of like, Oh, like just be careful or whatever. Because I think that whole thing of you can't do this and you can't do that. And you, and like, if you do it, you like, it's like 
for example, you tell <laughs> it's like our story before, like telling somebody when they can't do something, yeah, exactly. you're going to want to do it. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, tell someone that that's hot and you don't touch it. Mm. What are they going to do? They're, They're going to touch, touch it. it. Red like, button. You're going to press it. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, I think this whole thing is you've just like education is the biggest thing. It's like, these are the mm. effects you'll have from these things. And like, if you can teach someone that this is what you'll get out of doing the thing that you want to do, mm. that might deter them. Cause I know plenty of people that, their parents were just like, you can't drink, yeah. you can't get a boyfriend, you the can't rules. get a girlfriend, you're under my roof, blah, blah, blah. Turn 18, they're off the rails. Yeah. And then it's like, then you got this, you just get overwhelmed with like- Choices. Choices. And then I think that's when people make the real bad decisions. Like I went to a private school. Yeah. And as soon as everyone turned 18 and like went to uni, like honestly half of them were just like- Lost. Well, they're just smoking weed. Like it was so funny that I dropped out of school and started an apprenticeship and started racing and followed that dream. And from, I guess, the outside society, I'm the dropout. But I, like, was traveling around the world. I was making money. I was learning a new skill. All my mates that finished year 12 and went to uni were just smoking weed, going to lectures, not learning any. Like, I remember talking to some of them afterwards and, like, hey, do what you want. Like, it's your life and I'm not here to judge. But it was just funny, the, I guess, for me, that how society would look at the two of us. And it's like you're smoking weed, partying every week, every weekend, every week, all the time. Mm. I was, like, trying to, like, chase a goal but from the outside, I look like a dropout. Yeah. And like, that was the thing that I just thought was like, it's just, and this, and this is something that I'm really looking at more and more now is like, don't judge a book by its cover. Like don't judge something because of how society views it or how your friends view it or how your family views it, because it's like, it can be completely different. <laughs> so like world education like comes into it. Oh, like, too. Yeah. yeah. That's massive. Like traveling. Like I was, I was lucky enough and to travel as a, as a kid, like I tra- I've been traveling since I was probably, seven eight years old and i think the knowledge you get from traveling is it's it's so paramount yeah it's so valuable and i think that's created me into this person now who i'm like extremely grateful that i've had those experiences i think just being like unbiased towards different people and things yeah like i think one of my greatest skills is i can be like a bit of a chameleon in any situation Mm -hmm. like i can like there's no group of people that i don't think i could not blend into and I, and I like that because it's like, and I, and honestly, and enjoy it as well. Like I know I've got, <laughs> it's funny when you've got friends that you know wouldn't hang out with other friends. Yeah. I like, love putting those friends together though. Yeah. But sometimes <laughs> it's just like, Oh, I didn't like, oh, I don't know about this, but I think, yeah, I think I can kind of, and I noticed it was funny here where like I got, I came up here. There's like, I've kind of got the gym junkie friends. I've got the hippie kind of friends. I've got the moto friends. I've got the pot, like I've got these guys. And I don't think a lot of them would blend together. But they don't have to blend together and that's fine. But I can see the good and the bad in a lot of people and I, I try and focus on the good and gravitate towards the good and not care so much about the bad, obviously depending how bad the bad is. <laughs> like if, yeah. if you're kidnapping kids, yeah, like, don't do that. but you're selling flowers, <laughs> I'm probably just not going to buy you flowers. Like <laughs> that kind of stuff. But like I guess in the – when I say bad or negative, it's just like you might go too hard at one thing that then det- – like I'm like, okay, I, I just want this little part of that lifestyle. I don't want the whole – picture kind of thing and that's probably like where having separate hobbies from like your certain drive in your life is Mm. really healthy Mm. because it's like you like yes you have like like for you you have your writing but it's like you have all your outside hobbies as well and like you're still trying to pursue other other things as as well Mm. so it's like you're fulfilling yourself in many other ways and really like becoming well-rounded 
Like you, like well, I don't want to just be identified as, oh, Dean Lucas, you're the bike rider. Yeah. Like, I think that's very like one dimensional and boring. Absolutely. But there's so many people that will go through life and be happy with that. Yeah. I, I can see that. And there's nothing wrong with that no. either. But for me personally, I want to like that. I want riding or racing to be like a small part yeah. of my life, but not my life. Not the ruling aspect. No, no, not yeah. the dominant thing. And like, I guess that's with the podcast. Like I want to grow that. I want to. Mm. Like even, like I said the other day, like I want to go do like hip hop class. Yeah. Like, I want to just try new things. Cause like Can't I'm a few Christmas concert. Yeah. Cause like <laughs> stuff like that. It's like, it's, it's something you like, you don't know until you know. Absolutely. And I think it's like, imagine if you started like hip hop dancing and then that became like your passion and your yeah. love and your drive. And then like suddenly that's your thing now. So you're like, you're not a, the mountain bike racer anymore, but if you just did time. It's like, like throwing yourself in such a deep end. Like earlier mm. this year, um, me and my friend Amy, we went and started doing skate classes mm. and it was so cool. Like we literally, um, yeah, like went down to like the local skate center here and um, our coach, she ended up being um, Tanya Myers. Myers? I'll have to check her last name. But she's so cool. Like she was really close to going to the Olympics, like the last round. And I was like, I really can like resonate with, how you're feeling in that manner. Amy also did like a lot of rowing. So she, like we were kind of like this bunch of like athletes that like could have been, but didn't. Mm. Um, and so it was like a lot to bond over with that and really helped us like kind of conquer our fears because like we'd had that bond like straight away with each other, like became like really close friends, like T, yeah, T, like I'll go and see her all the time. And she's just like the coolest human, but yeah. like taught so much through like, pursuing another hobby and it's like mm. through that then like Amy and I that encouraged her and like her girlfriend to like start meeting us at the beach for sunrise and they were like oh my god we didn't know we were like morning people and it's yeah. just by That's meeting other people well. then you like continue to like throw mm. yourself in the deep end and mm. it's it's the best fun because it leads to leads to meeting so many people and yeah creating so many other stories that's really the important thing isn't it like the connection you get with other Absolutely. people like you said before like that thing is like, oh, we're not mourning people. Yeah. I'm like, what is that shit? Like, what is that? Like, it's, Don't put yourself in a box. That's bullshit though. It's like, wh like what you don't, you can't get up, you yeah. know, early, like what you go to bed. Like, I don't get that. <laughs> like for one, I don't think you should categorize, categorize yourself as like, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that or whatever. Like you should say, hey, I'm getting better at that or I want to get better at that. Or like, it's something I'm working on instead of just saying I'm not good because not good is not good at shit. <laughs> so, but I just, I just don't get the, I'm not a morning person thing. It just, it mm. does my head in when you're like, Oh, we'll get up early. Go to bed. I'm not a morning person. Go watch the sunrise a few times. Yeah. Set the circadian rhythm. Yeah. It's really powerful. It's like that sunrising. That'll pull you into oh, being a morning person. <laughs> yeah. Up and going. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's really good. But yeah, that, it comes back to, I guess that story. Yeah. We tell ourselves about like, oh, I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that. Yeah. And you're just like, it frustrates me. It frustrates me so much, especially I think because, you know, when you- Have you ever got stuck in like a headspace where you're like, like you're telling yourself that you're not good at something and like really had to pull yourself out of it? I guess when I was younger, I guess I just like felt like I wasn't good at like making friends and being like outgoing. I was really shy as a kid. Really? Yeah, I was really shy. Like I went through a, like a really like, I guess rough patch when I was younger, but that was just for my environment. Like I was really isolated um, at like a small, um, like public school. And just, I just didn't have any friends, honestly. Like I was in, in my, in my year, there was, I think two other people, like, cause my school, the, the school only probably had like 50 kids. Oh wow. Like small country town school. And in my, my year, there was another girl that was my age. And then like another guy, and I think he was like, he was autistic, I think. So yeah. it was like, 
it was just a, no connection. No connection with anyone. Yeah. This is when like year four or year three or four. So like young. Yeah. But like obviously that's when you so need when you need to play. That's you when need you need that. your base. Yeah. Absolutely. So I didn't have friends and I felt very like shut off and yeah. kind of isolated. And it was funny, I um I was thinking about this the other day, which kind of like hit home for me, but I like found writing around that time and that kind of gave me community and people around me. Yeah. And like I, I kind of went into writing and was so attracted to it because it was like the cure for isolation. It was like, all right, now I'm like seen by people and then I got praised and then obviously you use that momentum to then kind of started pushing me into the person that I am now. But then it's funny because with my racing over the last few years, I felt like I've become isolated again. So it's like the cure has now become the cause. So it's funny that writing pulled me out of that isolation, but now just through the fact of, from finding friends through writing, finding, yeah, finding friends, having a community of people. Like when I grew up racing and riding, I was the youngest person of a group of maybe like 15 of us, like all from around the same mm. thing. And that's like 15 people that rode plus obviously parents. And so. so it was a big community of kids that were yeah. in, in that environment. And I was probably, I was one of the youngest. So I was always the one getting picked up and taken places and chasing these guys. And it was just, it was so exciting. Cause I was like, I wasn't the, like I was not the slowest, but one of the slower ones. Yeah. But if you're slower and you're chasing people that are faster, like that's a pretty good carrot to chase. And, it, yeah. and, it, and it's honestly a big part of the reason I got better so quickly because I attached myself to people that were further ahead of where I am. And I think that's good advice for anyone. It's like if someone's going the direction you're going and they're better than you, like latch onto them as, and learn and absorb. And I did that and got better, but then over time I got better and then everyone else kind of got out of it. Like they got kids, they got jobs. I got, I got, well, I got. <laughs> they don't want to play with you anymore. Pretty, like, pretty much, basically, yeah. yeah. I just lost all my mates, and in the, and for no other reason besides like life kind of got in the way for them. Like they got, they got, yeah, they got families, they got girlfriends, and all that. And then because writing became my job, yeah, I kept doing it. But then I went from this like I'm chasing everyone and I'm this fun, exciting time to then I'm just riding bikes for myself, and then they kind of yeah. Do you think you're in like a really cool position though, where it's like you had really amazing mentors and like they may not have even realized what role they were playing in your life. Oh, they wouldn't have for sure. They were just my friends. They were just your friends, but it's like, they've provided such like a crux for you Mm. as to how you got to where you are today. Mm. And it's like, that's like that, like. That's all a mentor should be. It should be a friend. Yeah. Like realistically at the, at the core of it or like someone that's mentoring you and helping you through life, it should be like a really close friend. And that's like what I said, I had a meeting with a guy the other day for doing personal training and like I just get along with him really well. So I'm like, I want to train with you just for the fact I like being around you and like what knowledge I'll be able to get is almost a bonus on just having a, like a solid core friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, I do agree. It's a cool time. <laughs> it's like your, your role has flipped. It's like you are now like the mentor. Yeah, well, and that's something I have, like I've helped, um, I've helped like a kid back home, Ollie Davis. I helped him a lot when he was kind of coming up. And now I help a kid, Zach Bradley and stuff. And I do, I, I guess for me, like I see myself in them a lot. And I, I, I think about like how beneficial it would have been to have someone like that help me. Yeah. So if I can play that role and it just feels good anyway, like I, I like helping people. It, mm. It's like, I've, I've learned that you get true fulfillment from helping others. So Absolutely. I'm like, it's like a selfish sense of like, I'm doing this for my own happiness, but also obviously I want you to do well. But it's also you're giving your leg up to somebody else. Like yeah. sure it does make you feel good, but it's like when we're giving back to others, like that's what creates community. Mm. I always, I always say like, I give you $10, I get a hundred dollars in return. Mm. It's like you get interest on your investment <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> that's a good way to so it like kind of compounds itself, but yeah. 
<laughs> no, I, I do. I do really enjoy, it. especially the fact like I remember helping this other kid, Will Pope, um, as well, and I helped him out. And he's like, "Oh, you sure you don't want any money and all that?" And like, no, no. It's like I just if if you ever do well in the future, it's like I've just planted a seed for your success, and you doing well, I can just watch it grow, and that gives me fulfillment and happiness. And it's like that should be that should be why you do anything is yeah. to help someone and see them achieve something they want to achieve. Absolutely. And that's worth more than I feel like money would be worth or like how much it was like, not that much. It was just like, whatever. Yeah. So. Well, that's like when I like, when I got out of school and like went to uni, I was like doing a bit of coaching. Mm. Um, and I was like, I was really fortunate enough to like get to the position that I was like, I was coaching Queensland teams. Mm. Um, and like, I actually, I had like a real variety of teams that I coached. Like I coached a few like young boys teams. Like I helped this school, develop their water polo program and enter it into like the competition. And from that, like I've watched the boys like get to like Queensland one or two have gone to like Oz represent. And then it's like one of the girls that I coached early days, like when she was like young Queensland, like she's just gone to the Olympics and been mm. like goalkeeper. And it's like a few others are like continually in this like Olympic cycle at the moment. Mm. And it's like, I know that I haven't got them there, but I've played a part and like seen them grow. And it's mm. just, it's so fulfilling to like watch the Olympics and be like, like 90% yeah, of those yeah. like people there. It's like, I've played with, I've coached, like mm. I've had such involvement with, and you get that satisfaction that mm. they're still achieving like their goals and like, mm. yes, your life path changes. And like, I'm, and that's real fulfillment. It like, is. That's like this. I feel like the second. And it's delayed as well because it's like, it's happened in the past, but it comes mm. back to visit you and it's, it's yeah. Yeah. It keeps, it's give, cool. it, it keeps, it's, it, yeah, no, I think that's really like cool. the value. It's like, I don't understand when people that have a really good skill or like have learned something or have achieved something, don't then pass that on. Mm. Like I think in this culture as well with where we are, we don't, listen to like kind of our elders in a way. Mm, like I feel like with, absolutely. yeah, with like Aboriginal culture, it was very pushed to like you learn from your elders because they're obviously so wise and they've experienced so much where with us, we kind of shut them off and it's like, all right. Like even when I go to Europe, like Europe's massive with like a big community of family and stuff. And like to the, the point where like they have three story houses and they'll be like the, the grandparents live on the top one and the, the parents and then the kids and they're very, family orientated I guess where I think in Australia we're very much like all right see you later we're going off to do our own thing yeah we'll put them in a home yeah we'll put them in a home and I just think you lose a lot of we lose a lot of knowledge and we just make a lot of mistakes like that what did Cooper Chapman say he said the other day I really like this quote he's like it's it's good to learn from your mistakes but it's better to learn from someone else's oh so I was like yeah I really I got that it's like obviously your grandparents or parents they're gonna they would have They've, they've all done is what you have gone through. Like, it's so funny when you look at your parents as like, oh, they're just my parents. I'm like, they've, they were kids once. They've lived, like they've had the experiences. Exactly. And yeah, so much to learn from it. It's really funny that you say that. Um, there's so uh, in, like intergenerational living. It's, oh my goodness. Like this, this topic in my head is just huge mm. because it's like, Australia is such a young culture, right? Mm. Um, whereas like over in Europe, over in Asia, like they have been like, coexisting with their like their generations for for so long and it's like we have established a culture where we do just kind of like once, shut off yeah. yeah shut off and it's like you're not learning um and it's like that like we came here we ignored like indigenous teachings um like we we like a lot of colonialization like shut out the indigenous teachings and there is like a little bit protected but we could have cherished it so much more 
um, because, yeah, the elders had so much to teach about, like, the dream times, about, like, the foraging. And there's this book that I'll have to share with you that's, mm. like, about, like, Indigenous um, Do you know the foraging. Name of, do you know the name of it? I don't. I'll let you know. It's, it's, it's literally it's this beautiful book about, like, how to forage, um, like, with an Indigenous diet. Mm. And it's like that um, – uh, my friend who's like a naturopath, like when we've gone on like bushwalks, like she'll literally like be picking leaves from dandelions. And I'm like, but they're a weed. Like why Like why are we eating these leaves? And uh, like it's like anti-inflammation in them. Like they've got like certain uh, bits in them that will like protect your immune system. Mm. Um, and, sh- and I was like, why? Like why are we eating weed? And she's like, because – it's like it thrives like it, it it's it thrives in really hard situations and like that is why it's so nutritious because mm. it has fought off everything else and it's existed so well in this harsh environment like that's why it's giving us such rewards for eating it mm. which is really cool but yeah no intergenerational living um there was this really interesting study that I did um in uni and it was it was kind of looking at like the lives of um like disadvantaged people, like there's a lot of young homelessness um, that faces us in Australia. And it's like there's a lot of young people that as soon as like they're like 14 to 16 years old, like they're kicked out of home or like they they turn to drugs, they go down the wrong path, like something happens and then the first thing to go is education. Um, And like although we have like the paramount like shelter, food, water, as our like human necessities, education is like a huge driving factor in our lives. And like, that's, that is our way forward. That is how we continue to progress ourselves. And like, um, yeah, so there was this project that I did and it was like, like I kind of, I went around to like social housing places um, and like asked people, like I did a lot of like questionnaires and it was really eye opening to, (laughs) to just see how, the older generations have almost like as soon as they don't see hope, they'll shut people off as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, like going overseas and traveling and like even going, yeah, going to like India to China. How do you mean when like you, they don't see hope? Like, you- well, as soon as like they see that like they can't fix you straight away, like we have such like an instantaneous need to fix things, and it's like, yeah, like instantaneous. Yeah, relief from things like we like we want painkillers to work straight away. We mm. want like we want our kids to act better straight away. We want we want results straight away. Mm. Like we like this the the culture here is like instantaneous reward, mm. and like it's even like fast fashion. Like mm. everything is just at our fingertips, and it's becoming faster as well. Like it's going to be like oh, I, I order something, I want it today. I want it in an hour. Like it's absolutely like you look at America when it's like um, like Amazon Prime, or whatever, and it's yep. like it's like same day delivery yep. for anything. Yeah, it's like it's sickening, and it's like the like the the footprint behind that is just like exploiting so many other systems, mm. and yeah, it's nuts. And sometimes the best thing is waiting. Absolutely. I guess the thing, if you get everything. The reward is so much better. Yeah. If it's, if it's built up, I think as well with, we chatted about with like Cooper, it's like everyone wants everything right now. And yeah. it's like, if you actually want to be great at something or really want to achieve something, it's like, you've got to put in the time. Yeah. You've got to put in the time, you've got to put in the reps and you've got to suffer. Absolutely. <laughs> and like whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, like you need to like go to a dark you need to place. You go to a depth, yeah, yeah, to discover it. That's, um, we were talking about it the other day, um, just like being able to like find yourself. 
And I guess in my world these days, like I, from, from traveling, like when I was young, like I really experienced spaces and really got a sense of fulfillment from that. And it's, it wasn't an instantaneous thing. It's like you're, you're being in a space and like recognizing how it, it makes you feel how it fulfills you and why you're having these certain feelings. And it's like, people have curated this in a certain manner to achieve that. Mm. Um, and it's, it's something that like me and my friend Laura have really been discovering over the past like year or so is how we can get to the depth of people like themselves and understand why you're feeling a certain way, how you can curate it to actually be true to yourself. Mm. Because it is like, we're so focused on like fast instantaneous relief that, um, yeah, people are following trends and not understanding who they are and like just sitting with themselves at some stage to, mm. to understand like where they've what been. What do I want? What, what do, do they want? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lot of us, I think like I've, I preach on to the, about this a fair bit, but it's <laughs> like the whole, how do you understand what you want when all you do is look at what other people are doing or have? It's like you don't actually take the time to, stop and listen and like listen to yourself and I think the whole yeah the whole thing of being more mindful and like meditation and actually like checking in with yourself because there's plenty of times where I'll be doing something and I'll kind of catch myself in the middle of doing it and be like why am I actually doing this yeah like why am I here and a lot of the time it's like past you look at your past like oh because I've always done this Mm. it's like when I I love when I ask someone that is doing something like that and they're like why do you do that like oh we've just always done it it's Mm. just a family thing we've always done it like do you want to do it and like oh not really and you're like, well, okay, you know, you like you control your your universe, your world, your everything. Like you can you can change this if you want, but it's like they get stuck in this thing. It's like, oh, we've always done it, so we always will do it. And at that point, I'm like, if it's actually affecting your mood and happiness and what you want, it's like change it. Yeah, change out of it. I heard this quote the other day, and it was like, if you're not constantly reinventing yourself, then you're not being true to yourself. Mm. And because it's like you are continually evolving as a human, like yes, you are born as like one of a kind Mm. and that is innately like who you are. But if you're not continually exploring and driving yourself in different directions, you're not going to actually figure out who you are at the end of the day. Like you're staying stagnant and stale. It's going to be interesting because like obviously with the podcast and I've done ones in the past, like if I ever listen back to the start (laughs) and like I hope I listen back to the start and be like, all right, you would, some of the stuff was good, but a lot of it was also just like shit in a way, <laughs> like in a certain way. Like it's like you've obviously changed those ideas now to like benefit you more in the future. Mm. Do so, you think your like your morals have stayed pretty true to yourself like for most of your life, or do you think you've evolved in that sense too? No, I think the morals are pretty. It stayed pretty similar, but it's probably just a few like. What would be like some big changes in the past like year or two? I think I used to always think everyone had to like me. Okay. I like, I was, I was like, if you didn't like me, I felt like something was wrong. Like I needed to everyone to like me. Like I felt, I don't, I wouldn't be like insecure, but just say like, I found out, oh, he doesn't like him. Like, oh, why? Like I'm like, I was try. I tried, I cared too much about what other people thought in a negative connotation, I guess, where now it's like, you don't have to like me doesn't matter like it doesn't like sometimes I don't like me sometimes I do like me sometimes <laughs> like it doesn't really fucking matter at the end of the day it's like you don't have to you don't have to do anything it's like I'm just gonna do me and put out what I think is my best self and if that resonates with you or not kind of doesn't matter I'll, I'll hang out with people that do like it and obviously like it's it's tricky because it's like 
this whole idea of like not caring what other people think. I'm like, it's, it's good to not care what they think, but it's also good to take like note of what people think. Cause if everyone thinks you're an asshole, was, yeah. maybe you should be like, <laughs> am I an asshole? But like, if it's a few people that don't like a few things you're doing, it's like, do so I really like, care what you think in a way? But it's like, it's, it's like, it's again, it just comes constructive back, criticism as well. It's good. Yeah. And mm. analyzing yourself and analyzing the people you have around you mm. and why, like why their opinions matter. Mm. And like, yeah. Especially like if you want those people around you to take in their criticism is huge as well mm. because it's like if they're imparting such a positive role in your life mm. and you're not taking their criticism, you're going to lose that person essentially mm. because it's like there's only so much hope that they can put into you and emphasis on how they would like you to kind of emulate yourself. Mm. And sure, it's like don't take everything that like one person says, but if it's coming from multiple sources, it might be time to sit down, reanalyze what's going on, like find mm. your sense of being. Mm. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Like it was funny, mum said I should really buy an air fryer and I was like, do I really want an air fryer? <laughs> After the third person told me, I was like, I might go buy an air fryer. <laughs> did you buy one? I did buy one. <laughs> Best thing I've ever done. Anyone out there that has brought an air fryer, go buy one. Change, oh, it'll change your life. I've had so many people tell me and I'm like, no, kale chips are still the best in the oven. Yeah, but they're just quicker in an air. Like it's just it's just it's just quick and easy. You are after instantaneous. Yeah, but in yeah. this sense, I'll take that. <laughs> On the technology front, that's fine. But yeah, air fryers are good. Um, another thing I want to touch on, because you're an architect now. I am an and architect. You, and you're... Well, I'm technically an architectural graduate. I'm working towards my registration. Okay. <laughs> just for anybody listening. <laughs> I don't want to get in There's trouble. There's a teacher out there that listens to this and she's like... Ah, just in case the board of architects is listening. <laughs> What's your register number? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. Um, but yeah, it's an architect to be. Yeah. Um, and your focus is creating spaces that will help people, I guess, achieve their goals or flow through life better? Is that the kind of way I look at it? Like it's to create an environment where everything just moves smoothly. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's like, there's, there's been so much study of this, like since like the beginning of time, it's like people have curated spaces and made what they need to. It's like, you even go back to like indigenous, like clans, like they, they had their environments, like they had certain ways like they'd hide from like shelter from rain but also have like yeah like certain ceremony spots and everything like they uh, and then like over over in like Japan it's like they like they've created material like timber like they'll char timber to Mm. like prevent it from being like burnt down because it's like it's already had like that layer of burning so it's like if a fire comes through it's like there's been such an evolution of that and so like so much thought into spaces that I think from a really early age that hit me hard. Like I remember being in Italy, in Florence, in the Duomo when I was I think 10, 10 years old and I remember just walking in and just it was quite an ephemeral experience. Like just it is this incredible – have you been? Mm. I highly recommend I'm going to be there in a few days. I'm so excited. <laughs> the reunion. Little, little flex. <laughs> but it's just like this incredible structure that like these days, like engineers will tell you is impossible to make like spans of a certain meterage and just to be there. And it's, it's, there's just this light that comes through and at certain times of the year, it just like floats down in different manners. And it's like Michelangelo like painted like the, 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 the dome 
roof like with his apprentices and it's like lives were sacrificed like make this place and mm. and it's just existed for hundreds of years um and then yeah developing on from that like I, I think that was a moment that really hit me that I enjoyed space mm. and volumes and areas and how it just made me have like this out-of-body experience um and I was like this is something that's so cool and then um when I was older I went to India and being in like being like we visited all these beautiful castles and everything but I think the most powerful um moments that I had in India were like at homestays um like with families there um and like almost slum um sort of places that we were staying in like compared to houses here like their kitchen is just a tiny bench and yet they are cooking up this massive pot of chai and it's just spices thrown in the pot that are simmering for hours and hours and you just taste it on your lips and it's like you're just having this moment in space and it's so special and it's it's connected with you and it's like there's generations of family living within this small space. Like they've got three generations living within like one or two rooms mm. but they're still able to make – do with it and it, it's it's they've curated it in a way that has really reflected like their family their values their sense yeah their sense of character um and yeah so that really like awoken that when I was kind of deciding what I wanted to do after school because I like I grew up like with like the love of like human movement and whatnot but then it it kind of drew in that sense of like human scale um and it's like the classic, like the Vitruvian man. It's like what is like the perfect scale of like how we proportion things and um, it's just it's just like as if you're having like a, a bathroom that's out of scale, like the, mm. the toilet's down one end, the shower's all the way down the other and it's like for some people that could be like such like a luxury house but it's like it doesn't actually work like with your, like with your workstation. And it's like in a kitchen, like if you, if you have like a, a triangle set up for your like food pep- preparation, mm. it actually elevates um, mood. <laughs> like mm. there's, there's so many studies on, on how that, like the psychology of space affects a person. And I think something that's what, like. I was just going to say, it takes that resistance. Yes, absolutely. It creates a flow. Like you, you become in a flow state and you're, you're bouncing back and forward between it. It's because it's like you've got like your cooktop, your your bench space and your sink. And so it's like you've got this consistent flow between like the spaces that emulates just a really beautiful feeling within. Mm. And it's, 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 yeah, it's like when you have that feeling within, that is when like your serotonin and dopamine and everything's all released and you're actually feeling at one with yourself. And like when we like going back to before, like talking about how you're feeling like happy with like within yourself, mm. like that's a really special feeling. And it's like, if we can create that, like that would be a really special thing to do. So yeah. So I decided to take on like architectural studies um, and my, like I was really, really privileged. Like my uncle, his uh, really, well accoladed um, architect in Australia, James Russell. He's often like connected back to land um, with his designs. Like it's often focused around courtyard, food preparation, and sleeping space. And it's keeping it as simple as possible. Um, and like one of his best friends is a Torres Strait Island 
um, guy, Kev, and like so I've been really lucky to learn under them for a few years like while I was going through my studies. Um, so like learning that connection to land um, was super important because it's like this is where we're from, this is where we should be grounded. And it's like, yeah, sure, go travel, go have fun, but it's like this is where your roots are. Like you need to actually understand yourself because that's like that's your presentation to the world. And if you don't understand yourself, like how can you be true to yourself? Mm. Um, yeah. And so I think, yeah, I went through my architectural studies. I've done like a mix of commercial, multi-res, residential, um, yeah, health, everything. Like I've, I've touched on a lot, like, um, and I've done a lot of like interior works as well. Um, which is really cool because, um, like I learned a lot in that in the very early days mm. because that was like where you get to be really intimate with your clients um, and that's like the connection through that understanding how they want their product because they've come, they've come to you. They're mm. looking for a certain resolution because they don't quite know how to get there themselves and they need like certain governance through like, like certain approvals and everything as mm. well. So it's like, we understand all that, um, and all the regulations, but then it's like, we also want to be able to like create that intimate connection to understand the space output. Mm. Well, you need that because you need to to see how, like think how they think and understand what they love or don't like or all of those things. And I think that's a real skill to actually understand someone's wants and needs and how to then translate that into an actual space that would be functional as well as Absolutely. attractive. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really cool, it's a really cool system to learn mm. because like there's so many factions mm. within the learning of it. Like there's, like you start like literally like one of the first classes that we go to, it's like you literally learn how to draw a straight line, just mm. freehand. And at first you're like, what am I doing here? Like mm. <laughs> I've had my pen license since I was like eight. Like, yeah. <laughs> but Getting Mr. Miyagi'd here. <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah, really interesting way to start. But then it's like we literally would then like second year, we like went and like counted the bricks on a building mm. to see how high that is. And then we had to like draw it out. So we literally had to physically draw this brick mm. building mm. and like draw every single brick and like make sure that it was all to scale mm. and like learning about how like taking like a one is to one building and then drawing it at like one is to 100, like being able to like translate the scale was. Yeah, condense it, yeah. Yeah, it was really incredible because it's like you just – like we, we see so much as one is to one, mm. but then I guess in like our world these days, like we're on our phones and everything. So like we're seeing images of things that are one is to one, but then on our phones are mm. so out of proportion Yeah, that it's, yeah, it's nice to bring it back to that intimate connection when you're with the client and figuring mm. out what they want. And I guess that's like where I really want to lead myself in the future is being able to educate people because it's like I I was really lucky to have like that connection to space when I was really young um, and understand that. And it's like I still – like I've been talking to like some friends for years about it and they're still so lost about like who they are, like what they're trying to be. Mm. And it's like it, like ex exploring yourself is how you find it. Like mm -hmm. I'm continually exploring myself, but it's like, there's so many things that you can do. Like you can figure out like why you like certain colors. You can figure out why certain elements like feel fit, like make you feel a certain mm -hmm. way. Like 
textures, like why that does certain things to you and understanding that and exploring it more. It gives the sense of play to your life. And it's, it's if you can then implement that into your daily life, like the elements that you enjoy, then you're going to instinctively wake up that little bit more mm. fulfilled. It's like doing a case study on yourself. Yes. <laughs> a case study on yourself. Like, why do you like this? Why do you yes. like, like, and treat yourself like you're the client or you're the, or just, yeah, I guess client, like yeah. you're the client to yourself and like, be like, okay, so what do you want to get out of this experience of life? Mm. And what have you got out of it so far? And what were the good parts and what were the bad parts? And you can really like fine tune your life to work better. Absolutely. And I guess, coming back to your like creating space. Like I don't think people understand the product, the pr- productivity that they can produce out of a space that works better for them. Yeah. And just a little example, and I know you're probably going to laugh at this because I've been going crazy about it lately. Oh my God. But you know what I'm going <laughs> to say? Bloody kitchen block. No, no, not the kitchen block. <laughs> I was just going to say like, I just, um, I brought a new fridge for the oh, house. For yeah. the house I'm staying. <laughs> the other thing. The other thing. But like the idea of it is like, cause we had a fridge now and for anyone mm. out there that has the freezer at the top of the fridge, like <laughs> get, get out of my face with that because that is, it just doesn't make sense. I hate it. It's just, you, oh, it's terrible. Side note, some people need it because it's in their budget. But You can, uh, there was, <laughs> if you own a house to put a fridge in, you have enough money to put, if you pay rent in a house, if you have a house, a fridge with the freezer at the bottom is anyway, it doesn't matter. But just like that small, the whole, the whole the point of this is like I, I brought one that's a lot more user-friendly and easy to use. But I'm like, and people probably wouldn't look at that as being a key factor, but then that flows into being more productive with my cooking, which obviously if you're cooking good food and eating good food, that's like the bedrock to having a good lifestyle. So it's like just that small factor then goes on. Cause even like my housemates were like, oh, it doesn't matter kind of thing. Mm. And I was like, this For is you like, it does. For me, it does. It's yep. massive, massive. Mm. And it's like, because obviously, and you might not link that to the food, like because food's massive as well. Absolutely. Like we touched on before, but it's like. Reading it at least like three times a day. Exactly. I was like, yeah. I, I said to someone the other day, I was like, I don't care about spending money in my kitchen or in my mm. bedroom. Like those are the two spots I spend so much of my time and they contribute. Like if you've got a good mattress and you're sleeping oh. right, that's massive. It is worth the extra Ex- dollars. Exactly. Absolutely. I'm like, that's fine. You spend like one third of your life there. Absolutely. Why would I want to shit bed? And it's like, <laughs> then the other half you're in the kitchen cooking food or eating food. I'm like, why would I want that to be hard as well? But if you make all these points in your, like coming up here, honestly, a big part of when I've come up here now, I want to make all the mundane things that you do at 70 to 60%. I just want to go a hundred percent at all of those things. It's like, how good could your life be? If you just, everything you did, you did to the highest standard instead of just half asking it for the sake of, Oh, it doesn't really matter. Cause like, you can just say that with everything. Oh, it doesn't really matter. But if you say that with everything, what does matter then? Mm, like, okay, oh, yeah. I'm going to put 100% into my my job because my job's where I make money. But then oh, I'll put like 60% into my relationship because like, oh, we're kind of solid now. We've been dating a while. It doesn't really matter. It's like, no. Then it always matters. It always matters. Yeah. It always should be 100%. If you're doing something, like you should be trying to put 100% in. Yeah. And if, you're, if, you, if you can't for whatever reason, like talk to someone about it, whether it be your girlfriend or wife or, or friend or something, be like, hey, I'm – lacking here I don't know if it's because I don't want to do it anymore or because of this or because of that and like try and actually understand it then confrontation of what's yeah what's troubling you needs to occur yeah it needs to come up that is the biggest conversation that can happen as well Mm. and then if just say for example something does end whether that be a relationship a sport or a hobby or Mm. whatever it is like be okay with that something will come out of it too like Mm. it can be the most intimidating scary feeling in the world because you're losing something that you're so comfortable with and yeah, it's given you so much pleasure in the past, but it's like, Mm. sometimes it is 
the right time to to either confront it, see whether you can do better mm. or let it go. Mm. And then being okay with that, accept, yeah. accepting it. Accepting it. Yeah. And knowing that like you gave it your best shot and if it's not meant to be forever, it's not meant to be forever. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's really funny. That's kind of like making me think um, think of my friend that um, passed away um, mm. because it's like he lived every day of his life as if it was the last and I'm so glad that he did because – is this the one that passed away at the no, okay. no, this is <laughs> this is a different friend. This is mm. my best friend Scott. He um Scott Pegg. Shout out. Scott good. Pegg. Yeah, good boy. <laughs> um we grew up playing water polo together. Um he didn't have like the biggest interest in water polo, but like he was just naturally had fun at it. He was more like surf life saving boy. Um and like he had like one of his best friends pass away on like a finish line, like they were in a race together Um, and it was just like his heart just stopped because a lot of like the Ironman athletes, like their cardiovascular system is so strong that like their heart will naturally skip a beat and then restart a lot. And so Scott actually passed away from cardiomeglioma, which is like where he was asleep. In a race. No, so so his friend, friend, friend. so yeah. His friend passed away in a race and then it kind of made him just – he then was just like, I'm moving to Scotland. Like I'm just going to go have fun, like live overseas. We're in Scotland. In Scotland. Scott Because Scott wanted to be in Scotland. <laughs> Fair enough. We, we're not where I would go for fun, but okay. Yeah, no, but he worked in a pizza shop and he was having the time of his life just exploring and he was making all these funny animal videos um, and I missed him dearly. Um, but was it So that, that all stemmed from his friend passing away? A little bit, yeah. Like he was still here for a little while um, and like – such solid, beautiful friends here. But, um, yeah, just being able to, like, embrace every day. Like, we would, like, you'd, you'd rock up to his house and you have no idea what adventure you're in for that day. Mm. Like, it, yeah. How exciting. <laughs> it was really exciting. Like, every day was, like, a play date. Like, mm. it was always so much fun. And, yeah, like, you'd come from work, like, serious, like, dressed in, mm. like, my, like, office attire and mm. then just come in as like Scott just like breaks down every wall mm. and that energy that's like oh, that's, that's what you need in life and it's just yeah. like if you yeah if you're participating with friends like that then it's it, it really helps you kind of live mm. every day and it's like it's, it's definitely made me have a lot more hard conversations straight away mm. um like as soon as something's not sitting right with me. Like I have just been so much more open to questioning mm. like why certain things. Just cut the shit. Yeah, absolutely. Cut the shit out. Yeah. Absolutely. Like why, why is somebody acting a certain way? Mm. Um, and like often people won't realize it themselves that they're, yeah, they're yeah, treating they're, you in a certain way yeah, or. They kind of go over the head. And, yeah, yeah. They're in their own world. vision. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, so being able to be open and express myself has been a huge mm. take from that. So, yeah. And it's funny when some people look at it as like, oh, it didn't work out. And you're like, well, it did in the sense that like we know where we're at and we're not the right, like. Yeah, it's made not, you grow. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, well, it did work out because <laughs> I know more about myself now yeah. and about that person and I'm going to keep going through life trying to find either that person or people yeah. that I want to be around. So it's like saying it didn't work out is just like. It's a cop out. It just, yeah. You could just say it didn't go as far as I thought it might, but it, that doesn't mean it didn't work out. It's a really beautiful way to put that. Didn't go as far as I thought it might. Yeah. But <laughs> it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. No. It just adds to your life experience. Exactly. It's all part of your narrative. Exactly. All right. I've got three more questions because okay. 
These are the ones I always finish on. Um, if you could go back and give your younger self self some advice, what would be your biggest like part of advice you'd give, or biggest bit of advice? It's really hard. I think I still live as a child, so I think I actually still really continually give myself daily advice. Um, I think I don't know, like don't take life so seriously. Like I definitely like. Yeah, that'd probably be it. Don't take it so seriously. I got really stuck in like a little space for a little bit there. Like when I was like leaving competition um, that I was just like nothing's working out right now. Like it's it's not it's not going where I want to. Like I, I can't hop in the water. I can't compete. I can't make the next Olympics. Like I can't do this. And then I was like entering like architecture and that was a whole new world. Like I never did art I never did like graphics or anything through school. So like I was already a step behind so many people in my course and I was like, I can't do that either. Like I can't draw a bloody straight line to save myself. And I was taking myself so seriously that I at one stage um, really had to just step back and reanalyze and just come back to like playing in every day and finding the joys in life. Yeah. I had a, uh, it was actually an old tenant of mine, but he had this, he had this story <laughs> And the basis of it is don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And it's all small stuff. Everything's small stuff. Yeah. We are literally tiny little specks of dust. Exactly. When you look at like, oh, the whole earth, like small. Yeah. It's, yeah. Do you, have you, you know the song like Lucy in the Sky by the Beatles? Yeah, yeah. That song really like, I used to listen to it to go to sleep sometimes. Mm. And it would just take me to this beautiful spot where it's just like you're just floating. And Mm. it's just like nothing matters. Like. If, if something goes wrong, it will fix itself. Mm. And it's like Deal if, with it then, yeah. Yeah, deal with it then. Don't stress about it now. You have a really beautiful quote about that. Don't stress about it now. No, it's like the here now. Oh, just be here now, yeah. be there then and smile the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like don't worry about it. Well, we, we get so concerned with what could happen or what has happened that we just don't get in the moment right now. It's like you're healthy, happy, mm. young, having a good time. It's like, just enjoy that. Mm. It's easy to get caught up. Like I understand, like I always preach this stuff. And when I preach it, it's like, I preach it because I live through it as well. Like there's plenty of times where I'm yeah. not, not in the perfect headspace or like <laughs> I've gone through shit, but that's normally like I've come out of it. And that's when I like to share like the things that I did to, mm. to come out of it. But yeah, I think just the idea of just, yeah, really being present and grateful for just being in this spot, like, literally in the best days of my life. Yeah. And it's like really sit in that and actually appreciate it and trying to look at things that are happening now that are really good and appreciating them as they happen. Like I look back like last year, I'm like, oh my God, look at all those fun things I did. Mm. And even in the time I, I didn't appreciate it as much as now I look back and appreciate it. So it's just being like actively grateful for what's happening as it's happening. And also telling people, like telling people yes. how, how like much they mean to you and how good they are is massive. Like I would always see people and I just be like, like you start being like, you look good. Like you look happy, look yeah. like this. And like, and like just being like that. And then like, it just, you see like people light up and it's mm. just such a nice feeling. And then they kind of pay that forward as well. And it just creates this like sense of just being better and doing more. You know what I've loved doing like this past few years is really like actively, like if I see somebody on the street that I'm just like, mm. like they're just glowing. Like I will literally go up and just be like, you look fantastic. Like yeah, literally just, just straight up just, just be through, like, just yeah, compliment. With no, with no, nothing attached to it. No. And just, it's just like often like I'll be like, that color is just mm. your color. And they're just like, 
oh, like I was given this dress and like, yeah. oh, like it makes, like I feel like a princess in it or whatever. Yeah. Like I feel like a pixie. Like you're just like, that's sick. Like mm. that, that's hot on you. Yeah. And it's just like then their happiness is so contagious and mm. you hope that then they carry it through. Just unconditional kindness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. More of that. Spread that. Spread it. Say what's on your mind. <laughs> Honestly, say what's on your mind. Yeah. Like it's huge. <laughs> um, next one. Yeah. What are you scared of? <laughs> Giant squid. <laughs> I literally am. Really? If it just yeah. comes and grabs you and takes you down. I don't know. I think that's like the one thing that it's like they're so unknown. Like they're so deep down. And like mm. I love the ocean so much. And like probably the friendliest little guy. Hello. <laughs> Why does no one play with me down here? <laughs> Chloe, come down here. <laughs> You're just like, ah, get me out of here. Get me on the boat. <laughs> Take me back. Uh, yeah. What are you scared of? So you scared of like the un- unknown more or less. Uh, like I dive th- a bit deeper because it's like I get like the whole uh, <laughs> thing, but something more like something like not, I wouldn't say more real because the giant scoot is real, but like something. You want something more tangible? All yeah. right. Uh, I'm afraid that I'm not enough and living up to expectations a lot. But whose expectation? Your own or others? Others. Others and myself. Who's, like in, I, who's in particular though? Um, like I, th- I think I've always just strived to to make others proud of me. Mm. Um, that it's like coming out of the sports world. Like I'm in my workplace and I, I work really hard, but I also like to have a life outside. And then that almost sometimes like makes me feel guilty in a sense because, I, like. Like it's something that I've really been working on breaking down. It's like that like I'll go surfing before and after work or I'll go for a run or something before and after just so that I deliberately have my work block and not be consumed by this industrial world. Mm. Um, It's, yeah, it took me a while to get there. Like I was working long hours. I was a slave to the man. Like it was really hard to break out of because you feel like you're letting people down Mm. and like – in that kind of business world, people don't mind kind of not abusing you, but like like making you try and like a little guilt trip to be like, mm. oh, like you should probably like, like it, I'd love if you had this done tomorrow, mm. even though the deadline's a week away. Mm. Like that kind of, yeah, breaking breaking away from that, like need to, need to fulfill somebody else's goal mm. when it's not necessary mm. has been awesome. So how do you think you break away from not being – Paying attention to myself, paying attention to myself and learning to, I know I keep saying this, but like I keep needing to play. Like I, I have to have activities. I have to have something that's allowing that sense of freedom. Mm. It's like whether it's like I go out to the mountains in the morning or I like most mornings I'll go connect with the ocean <laughs> and it just, it just, Allows me to just be by myself. It's like a reset almost. It is such a reset. Like I'll literally, I'll, I'll like, yeah, paddle out like a few hundred meters and just float and mm. just be out there, be with the ocean. And it's just, yeah, calming and tranquil and yeah, a good reset. And I think that's helped me to realize that my expectations are all that I should have and not to have too many. I like that. <laughs> and the very last question to finish yeah. this all off, how do you want to be remembered? <laughs> I want to be remembered as happy. Just happy. <laughs> I think happy. Yeah. I think I want to go out having people be like, yeah, she was, she was fun. Like mm. she was fun. She was happy and she didn't mean harm to others. Mm. Yeah. What about you? 
How do I want to be remembered? Yeah. I think someone that cared, someone that tried, someone that loved, you know, someone that gave back. I don't know. I just want to be just even just remembered, honestly. <laughs> I, as I said to someone else the other day, I was talking, it's like just being remembered, like, isn't would be a nice thing. I just hate to go and no one no one cared. Mm. Like I want to leave an impact on people's life. I want to like when you think of my name or my name comes up on like a smile to come into your face yeah. and be like, Oh, he did some he did something that helped me. Like I want to be the person that's like has pushed a lot of people to like better themselves or improve their life in some small way. And then yeah, when I'm gone that can hopefully keep happening. And that's why I feel like recording stuff like this and preaching this positive mindset and positive way of thinking and being, it's like can then realistically live on forever in a way and help people forever. So it's like if you can do that, I think I just want to be remembered as someone that yeah, helped others mm. for no other reason than it felt good. That's great. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I guess probably like the purpose of life is to be happy and to mm. to just give back. Like we are like we're one big community. Mm. Like that's all we are. We're a community floating on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> in nothingness. In nothingness. And there's a, like a billion other of us out there. Yeah. Other universes floating around. <laughs> I hope they're happy too. And you think about it, like think of the sun. It's just a ball of fire. Mm. That's what keeps everything What's alive. Gas. Or gas. Yeah. Yeah, gas. But like that keeps everyone alive. Yeah. It's like. If that wasn't there, we wouldn't be here. Like if you actually break down the idea of what, where we are and what it's doing, it's like, it makes no sense. The it finite molecules that came together mm. to create us is, yeah. yeah. Monkeys on a rock floating through space, yeah. surviving through gas fire. Mm. Just be grateful that we're <laughs> yeah. here and experience Don't overthink it. No, don't overthink it at all. <laughs> oh, it's a joke. All right, Chloe, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It wasn't too bad? That was good. No, we got into it. <laughs> I like the mid, mid, midway through just the housemates coming in <laughs> all jacked up on coffee and dogs. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, Bye now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>